Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, (laughs) scary, and downright creepy. Yeah, man, and if you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever you gotta do to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com, and you can check us out at our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com, where you can view our whole entire back catalog, connect to our social media links. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Little giggly. <laughs> I was, uh, you'll find out pretty soon why. So to kick this off, uh, first off and foremost, thanks to all the people that are listening to us right now. Yeah, seriously, it's guys. It's cool. It's it really, is. really cool. We love the participation, uh, even with the um, the emails and just everything. It's really, yeah. it's really great. We're, uh, we're very blessed and fortunate to... Uh, to have to, yes, to be here. Yeah, to be here and have a pretty cool ass following. And the cults will keep coming. Apparently, because man, <laughs> those things are just getting off the press. I guess so. Yeah, they really. Oh, yeah. No, we've uh, we've received the message. We're cults ain't going anywhere. Yeah. No. It's uh. So, in the spirit of Halloween, in the next week coming up. Yes. If you're in the central New York area, mm-hmm. we always like to give our, uh, our our local folks props. So if you're into ghost hunting and those sorts of things, uh, private home investigations, historic fundraiser lectures and investigations, lectures and group investigations, and, and they also do paranormal parties. Agent Paranormal. There you go. Yep. At agentparanormal.org. And you can also contact them at agentparanormalteam at gmail.com. All for, right. For those of you that are into your uh, haunted walks, mm-hmm. uh, there's the Walk of the Dead. Prepare yourself for the scariest half mile of your life. Half mile. That's. I mean. Yep. Every I, I, I do more than that in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> every every Friday and uh, Saturday night for the month of October, they're at the uh, Syracuse Kickball Park, seven one nine two Oswego Road, Liverpool, New York. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then we got Wood Creek Hollow, Five Years of Fears, The Haunts Return. They started back in September, and we've been intermediately going yep. through, and they're Fridays and Saturdays till Halloween. Mm-hmm. They're in Rome, New York as well. Mm-hmm. It's 3851 Wood Creek Road, Rome, New York. And last but not least, what got us into the giggles, we going KO? KO. KO is how they're properly named, but I think on air I'm going to produce the suggestions. KO Warehouse of Horror, very well known here in central New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years, in fact. Yes. In different yep. areas. Yep. Uh, you can find them at 530 Harbor Way, Rome, New York. Mm-hmm. And let's see, you're looking at the weekend of the 21st to 23rd. If Well, it'll be too late by the time yeah. this kicks off. But Halloween weekend, 630 till 1030 p.m. So admission price uh, is a uh, 20th year special this year for $20. Fair enough. All tickets are sold at the attraction. Right. But you can check them out at koindustrial.com. Very nice. 
KO. KO. KO Warehouse of Horror. <laughs> yeah. That's why we had the giggles earlier. That was much more enthusiastic. Sorry, KO, but they're probably going to be like, oh my God, I hope he never does that again. Yeah. And guess guys, what? If you guys could not. I don't want to do that again. We're not going to. Yeah. Asking you shall receive. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yes. So uh, here we are. We are. As uh, as we always are. <laughs> Episode yes. 97. Yes. Three more away from the 100. It's exciting. We're getting there. I I'm- know. Towards the tail end of season two. The suspense is killing me. I remember. I hope it'll last. I remember vividly starting this. Like I look in that room, in oh, the yeah. dining room, and yeah. our little makeshift setup. Yep. And we're like, well, we'll give it a try. We'll give it three months. I had a composition book that yeah. I was writing my stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember we were like, three months, we'll give it a try. Yeah. And if we're still into it for three months. Then we'll do it. We'll try it for the year. Yeah. That was the deal. Just the like most yep. humblest attempt. <laughs> Had no idea what the hell we were doing. Yeah, we 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 were like, let's just see what we can see. Yeah, and here we are in the last twenty eight days. Seventeen different countries are actively listening to us. It's exciting. It's crazy, it really is. Man. It's exciting. It's crazy. And then uh, I think it's a total of twenty eight total we've reached mm-hmm. in these. Uh, yeah. In these, just these two years. Yeah. And we still got a ways to go. I know. We got another month I and know. a half. We've been dabbling the whole last two weeks of December taken off. It would be cool if one day we got big enough to where we could do like live shows. Yeah. Go around to some of these countries and be like, hey guys. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you that this is what we look like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had to leave the creative director at home because I'm not putting him in the cargo hold of no ship. No, 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 no. He had no. a plane ride to get here, and that was enough. And that was enough. Yes. I think he's just like, no, nah, I'm indoorsy. I'm good. I'll do this in the car. No, thank you. <laughs> no thanks. You don't have enough biscuits. Nope. Not for that. Nope. He'll ride in the seat probably with us on the plane. Yeah, he would do I mean, that. if they would let us buy a seat Which, I mean, for him. honestly, he would be great because he would be like the perfect therapy dog there. Oh, he would. For someone nervous flying, yeah. and then he would just waddle up, hey, partner, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Would you like to pet my, my shoulders? How about some butt scratchies? Pet me. Yeah, just pet me. It makes its own sauce. He's making his tail. Yeah. I stand by all I of that. I stand by all I that. I support that message. Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> Okay, episode 97, Halloween Urban Legends. Yeah. 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 I've uh I've been I've been excited to do this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh it's a weird situation to Halloween Urban Legends cuz really there's only been like one or two stories that have really been kind of physically attached to an event. Right. That yeah. has created well, this mass They say that all legends or urban legends start with a kernel of truth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's kind of like the satanic panic. Yeah, there may have been some satanic 
worship in Arius, but it was not as widespread as well, they I'm made it say, out to be. I'm going to say this for starters. The Satanic Panic had way more going for it than the Halloween urban legend. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's irresponsible to say nothing happened during Satanic Panic. I hear people say that. I'm like, nah, man, you just weren't around an area right. that had yes. it. Yeah, because if you were around an area that had it, it was real. Yes, and Stuff it was did scary, happen. and yeah. it was creepy. Where this is literally, I mean, in the in the diving around that we've done, and also heard other mm-hmm. people, because mm-hmm. a lot of people do different takes on. Well, one of on them is and, still around today. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and they spew it out every year. Yeah, and you're like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. fine, all right, Never. so. How do you want to kick this off? Sources? I guess, yeah. All right. I have readersdigest.com.au, mm-hmm. yeah. 10 Halloween urban legends that refuse to die, and newyorkdailynews.com, Candyman kills son. Yeah. Poisoned Halloween tree. Nice. Yeah. Bit of a giveaway. That's by Mara Bobson, and that was from October 29th, 2016. Mm. So let's get into some of these urban legends which if you're of a certain age many of these will sound familiar yeah yeah because these were the things we were told as we were growing up that be careful of the people that hand out apples on halloween because they could have a razor blade in them Mm -hmm. i remember that clearly being a trope from the 80s and we heard it when we were kids and if you're a parent now, you may well be giving this same warning to your own children. Be careful what you eat on Halloween because it, you know, it might not be what it appears to be. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's very unlikely to happen. Booby trap treats are largely an urban legend. <laughs> what? Booby trap treats. Booty trap. That sounds like uh, <laughs> something Data from uh, Goonies <laughs> would have a field day with. The treats got booby traps. Booty traps. Joel Best and Gerald T. Harucci assert in their scholarly paper, The Razor Blade and the Apple, the social construction of urban legends, that these treats to children and their Halloween sweets are highly overblown. In fact, most of the alleged incidents turned out to be hoaxes. There have been a few cases of sharp objects and fruit, which, yes, is frightening, but they didn't necessarily happen during Halloween. However, the majority of those where there actually were things inside of fruit or whatever, those were actually pranks. So someone specifically set out to do it. And I kind of think that some of these urban legends have kind of taken on that tulpa effect mm-hmm. where, you know, you keep talking about a thing enough, you can will it into existence. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... Maybe don't. <laughs> maybe maybe just simmer the rhetoric a little. Well, you know, I think they're simmering the rhetoric, but also, you know, stop believing everything you fucking hear. True. And read. True story. You know, um, maybe uh, just see, just lean into it a little bit. Yeah. To see if, if there's it's a, a valid. A tiny bit of truth. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think that's more of the larger problem. True. As, as you scale through the history books of humanity mm-hmm. till now. It's basically a cyclical event of people just overreacting. 
Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Well, we're not done with the poor apple because not mm. only could it have razor blades in it, yeah. but it could also be poisoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So specifically, if you're bobbing for apples, I don't know why, you know, they would specifically only poison the, the bobbing apples. So bobbing for apples is an old school Halloween tradition. Check out our Halloween episode where we discuss it. Originally, it was a kind of matchmaking game for young women. According to History.com, there were several variations of the game in which a woman would supposedly learn the fate of her love life based on which apple she picked. But much like the poison in the candy and the razor blade in the apple myths, it became laden with its own frights. If you're bobbing for apples today, you shouldn't be concerned with the uh, poisoned apple aspect, but you might want to worry about the bacteria and germs in the water. Generally, though, it's a pretty safe activity. Mm-hmm. So this one isn't as widely spread, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember it being a huge thing, but that there's a real murderer behind the scream face mask. You know, I remember when that movie came out. Yes. Which, first off, that movie is fantastic. It is good. Really good. Cast was awesome. The whole story was awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice reveal in the end, which wasn't too hard to figure out, but I could see for somewhere it was a good reveal. But I've heard stories about that, that that was based loosely on a actual event that took place. Well, but anytime you look around. Let's get into it. Yeah. Wes Craven's slasher movie Scream presented us with an instantly recognizable villain, Ghostface, whose mask was inspired by the figure in Edvard Munch's 1893 painting, The Scream. Understandably, Halloween became a prime time to wear not only that mask, but masks in general, and for people to worry whether a real murderer was hiding behind one of them. After all, if everyone is wearing a mask, how can you know who poses a threat to you? Which is a legit question. Mm -hmm. It turns out that there may actually be something to this myth. According to Newsweek, There were indeed a handful of murders after Scream came out that were apparently inspired by the movie, and in one, the killer wore a ghost face mask while brutally stabbing his victim with kitchen knives. The bottom line, you never know who is behind a mask, but thankfully, it's likely to just be a harmless trick-or-treater. Yeah. So this is the one that's the most well-known, that... Your candy is laced with drugs or poison mm-hmm. or, again, razor blades or sharp objects intended to hurt, maim, whatever. So chances are your neighbor or anyone in your neighborhood isn't tampering with uh, children's sweets on Halloween. And this myth really took hold in the 80s. It did. When someone in the U.S. put cyanide and paracetamol on store shelves... Remember with the tainted Tylenol? So that helped spur, I guess, poison being put into everything. Even though it was an unrelated incident, experts theorized that this Halloween treat fear evolved as a way for parents to teach their children to be aware of stranger danger and to pay more attention to their surroundings. Vice interviewed... Halloween sadism scholar Joel Best about the drugs and the candy legend and found that in the very few cases when it actually happened, and yes, it did actually happen, 
it wasn't a neighbor that was involved or a random home that they trick-or-treated. In one case, a child actually died of a congenital heart defect, and in another, a father poisoned his own son in order to collect on a life insurance policy. That was the uh, pixie sticks. Correct. 1974. Yes, I have that story coming up. Still, it's a good idea to make sure that your kids only eat treats that come in uh, sealed, unopened wrappers, you know, the more hygienic, the better. I know that a lot of places offer to x-ray your children's candy for sharp objects, which, I mean, that's fine, but you're also exposing candy to x-rays. So, I mean. Yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get into that Okay. later on. So, have you heard this one? That temporary tattoos aren't safe either? Yeah. Yeah. So according to this urban urban legend that's been around since the 70s, drug dealers put LSD into temporary tattoos. Why? Because they're trying to get new customers by tricking unsuspecting kids into trying the drug. Mm-hmm. Another variation of the tale adds that the LSD is laced with the deadly poison strychnine. According to Snopes, there has never been a verified case of this actually happening, even though some schools occasionally send out warnings and then the rumors resurface again. So this one is actually my favorite. So short pause on that. Okay. This is why I don't understand why people are not more aggressive towards drug dealers. I know from like a younger age, like the drug dealer seems like just a person that's there and offers this service type thing. But as you get older, you realize that a drug dealer is literally just the destructor of a whole community and neighborhood. Yeah. It's really all they are. Yeah. Uh, And they don't even pay taxes. (laughs) No. But I saw something on Facebook or Instagram or something somewhere. It was something on a social media uh, platform. And people were talking about how no, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, gummies. Like, yeah, you don't have to worry about the stoners handing handing out, out gummies because they're edibles. so expensive in the edibles because yeah. they're so. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point. Yeah, it's what you just rattled off on there. A drug dealer will do that because now here's the construct we have with legal weed, and yeah. I don't care what your stance is on legal weed. Right. Yes. you can have it, but there are issues. But there are risks and issues. Yes. So you have a drug dealer that says, okay. Have these gummies mm-hmm. that look like something a kid would eat. Yeah. Which I have a problem with that. Yeah. Why are you as an adult Why getting you, gummy bears? Yeah. For weed. I yeah. mean, it's just like, I, mean, I don't understand it. You know, have a Jolly Rancher, like the Jolly Ranchers and stuff like that. Yeah. That I get. But yeah. the, the colorful, sugary covered like stuff that's right in line with kids. Yeah. So if you have a drug dealer that pumps that out on Halloween, and I'm not saying it's going to be everywhere. But you can't say no one will do this. And that's what the whole meme was saying. Right. Yeah. No one would do this. And the fact is, is someone would do that because in order to buy weed in a legal area, you have to be a certain age. And if you're younger, who are you going to get your weed from? Are you going to get, you know, maybe the lucky uncle that'll go to a dispensary and buy this stuff right, for you? Yeah. Or are you going to go to the dude down the street on the corner that just sells it to you? Well, and try before be you honest, buy. The, the number of times that, uh, children have ingested the 
edibles over they've, nothing. They've they've gotten them from their parents, yeah. like taking them out of their mother's purse, yeah, yeah. or taking them out of the drawer and then taking yeah. them to school. I used to I used to take fireworks. Yeah. From my dad in yeah. his closet. And I was dumb enough to just only take a couple at a time. I'm like, only just a couple. But then I'm addicted to setting M80s yeah. off. So now, like, half the box is gone. And my dad's just like, yeah, I don't get why half my box just mysteriously disappeared to M80s. It's like, yeah, you know, you're just a dumb kid doing dumb shit. Exactly. And, and Well, that's... and they see candy. That's what they see. <laughs> exactly. Do you blame them? You know. Maybe. If you're an adult, maybe don't get candy. Do adult things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, smoke that shit or whatever. No, just, uh, yeah, I don't. You know, or here's a thought. Maybe be as diligent about that as you want people to be about guns. Why are why are these edibles readily available to these children? Oh, yeah. Maybe no. maybe you should lock that up too. Uh, it's yeah. Just I, saying. Yeah. Don't even get me yeah. started on that concept because yeah. I had that out with a person publicly. Yeah. Uh with someone saying that about guns and I knew they were into edibles and things like yeah. that. And you know, and again, yeah. that's your life. Do what you want to do. Fine. But stop telling me what to do. Exactly. With my shit. Yeah. And I'll stop. And I won't tell you what to do with your shit. But yes. the moment you start that conversation. I'm going to get into your shit, too. I yield the right to get into your shit. It's yeah. that simple. And if yeah. you don't like the criticism, eh, you know, figure it out. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's... Uh, Just say it. No, it's an interesting time, so... <laughs> that, um, is it really, though? It, no, it is an interesting time. <laughs> and I, I wish the luck, best of luck to many of you. So, I, the next one... This one is my favorite, and it's the one that's been around the longest. Mm -hmm. Summoning Bloody Mary by saying her name three yeah, times. Yeah. Who hasn't done this? I know I did. Did you? So, we're at a friend's house. <laughs> okay, lay it on me. And, like, this is when I realized. Was this before or after you guys were playing with the Ouija board? Now, here's the thing. I never played with a Ouija board. <laughs> I know. That's the one stat I, was, I have. I was just. No, nope. that was the stat I have. And it was stuff like that, that yeah. even back at a younger age, I just looked at, why would you even want to do this? Like, mm -hmm. it's just such why a playing with fire attitude. Place? You know, yeah. I haven't heard a good story about it. Mm -hmm. I've heard nothing great happen. Mm -hmm. But it's that whole thing of like, you know, don't touch this rock. Yeah, well, you if know, you say don't touch this rock, you're, you're going to touch, gonna the, touch the rock. rock. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's don't how... Don't put your lips on it. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you're going to put your lips on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then that's what makes these things terrible is because somebody will say, oh, if you say Bloody Mary in a mirror three times, um, you know, something bad's going to happen that night. Yeah. And it's like, then you look at it from that perspective and it's like, Something bad happens just about every night. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, with kids with this, like, mm -hmm. it creates this uh, this mystique thing. And I say kids, like, high school and down. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, you just haven't lived long enough to know that bad shit happens. The chance of bad shit happening every night well, is 
I I remember it. Not that bad shit would happen, but just that she would appear in the mirror, and mm-hmm. then it later evolved to not only would she appear, but then she would start wrecking shit up. Yeah. To the point where, you know. Will you die? Won't you die? <laughs> so, legend has it, you say her name three times as you gaze directly into the mirror, and she'll appear. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah. You may have tried this once in your childhood. Fun fact, I did. Yeah. yeah. Either on Halloween or another random night. For me, it was a random night. When you were having a sleepover. Nope, just me. <laughs> you waited for the ghoulish figure to show up to scare you or even to hurt you. Nothing. But, of course, she never did. So nothing happened with you. We probably don't need to spell this out, but there is no ghostly Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I did it. I tried it with the lights off. I tried it with the lights on. I tried it at different times. Nothing. But for those of you who are Supernatural fans, if you say Bloody Mary three times, Bobby Singer will appear in your mirror and slap you and call you an idiot. For messing with spirits. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to incur the wrath of Bobby. I doesn't, doesn't go well. And according to Snopes, kids between the ages of 9 and 12 are particularly fascinated by legends such as Bloody Mary. And it's a safe way to get a vicarious thrill, also release some anxiety, or create it. There was actually a real and terrifying Bloody Mary, but... She's not at the root of this urban legend. The real Bloody Mary belongs to Queen Mary I of England, who burned hundreds of Protestants at the stake. Completely different uh, Bloody Mary, but I mean, she legit earned that. So, shall we talk about killer clowns? Why not? We were almost going to have a whole entire episode for yeah, that, but yeah. we didn't know if we could find enough killer clown stuff. Turns out, we did the episode on killer clowns, because pretty much the only killer clown is Gacy. Mm. That's all I could find. Well, you know where I think a story like this comes from, is you got people that are dressed in clowns. Mm-hmm. Now, you had that band, what was it, the Insane Clown Posse? Yes. And they were a bunch of derelicts that were... Uh, running around in clown costumes or whatever. Yes. And I think, I'm not saying the Insane Clown Posse did this no, or whatever. No, but members but I think you've of got, their... Well, um, no, you just got people that are dressed up as clowns. Yeah. And then, for whatever reason, they might beat up somebody or just, you know... Yeah, I will do something say, like that. Um, and that's how some shit of their like this, fans yeah. did do some pretty shitty stuff. Oh, no. But it wasn't the the ICP themselves. It was, yeah. it was fans. Oh, they're ICP. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it sounds so it sounds so exclusive babe. are you down with ICP? You, you got an icp patch or something like that something i don't know about i mean it'd be cool as fuck but the uh sadly i don't yeah but i think that's something that would leave like that just leaves more of an impression yeah. if you had just a group of people going around beating people up you know kind of like you do now um and, yeah. but people don't look at it as much, but if you had four of those, just three of those people mm-hmm. be a clown or some sort of costume that's alike, all of a sudden it's memorable. It's a big thing to mm-hmm. talk about. 
because it's three people. Oh, I guess clowns are just fucking beating up people now. You know, and again, that's where people just run with very limited information and take off and create these Does it take alternate me to know realities and that theories. the fans of the ICP are juggalos? <laughs> I never got the whole juggalo thing. I never uh, got that whole thing. I'm going to be honest. And that was right in the wheelhouse of yeah. my existence and everything. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know many people around me that were into it. No. You know, but I remember, yeah, no. I, that's right. They were the juggalos and, yeah. Yeah. oh man. Yep. Yeah. Good times. Man. It was a good time. All right. So let's get <laughs> into this whole killer clowns thing. Uh, clowns have always been both a source of amusement and fear. Fear of clowns, or cholrophobia, is actually a common phobia among adults. U.S. serial killer John Wayne Gacy, dubbed the killer clown, was dubbed so because he did sometimes dress as a clown during town events for the JCs or mm-hmm. for the... Um, yeah, do parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he never did it while he was killing people. Correct. It's a misnomer. Correct. And it's one reason that the people may find clowns disturbing and threatening. Also, Stephen King's novel It certainly didn't help. I know it did it for me. And there's just something weird about it. I'm going to say it for what it is. So, what did it for me? It wasn't it, mm -hmm. it was the clown from Poltergeist. The clown toy. That messed a lot of people up. Fun fact. I listened to a comedian, Dan Cummings, Mm -hmm. and he he goes, did you know that that wasn't just like a a movie prop? Like that was a legit clown clown from a store. And he goes, I had the same clown. Nope. He said, he never thought one way or another about about it and then he saw poltergeist so <laughs> the next day he took his clown and beat the shit out of it because he was sure it was gonna it was gonna come after him and then he was like holy shit i just beat the shit out of this clown now it's definitely gonna come after me so he threw it out his mother saw the clown in the garbage pulled it out of the garbage holy. and put it back in his room <laughs> Oh, my God. Guess who's scared of clowns? <laughs> what a sequence of events. <laughs> she had no idea that he had spent, like, an afternoon beating the shit out of the towel and then throwing it away because he didn't want to incur any wrath or repercussions associated with it. And then she just put it back in his room. What a terrible series of events. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's 100% something I would have done. That would sound like something that you would have done and your mom would have done in that whole place there. But also something I would have done to my kid would have been like, oh. Hobby threw away his favorite clown toy. You would never buy a clown (laughs) for your kid. I would not. I would like to think I was better than that. (laughs) You would never do that. No way. I remember there was things I wasn't comfortable around with as a kid. Clowns were one of them and Santa Clauses. 
like Santa, the idea Santa, I obviously yeah. I loved. Mm-hmm. But the actual like mall Santa. Yeah. And things that I didn't because I just saw right through it. Yeah. This is a mangy person. That's not Santa. He's like the carny of Santa's. I don't even think Santa knows that guy is working for him. You know, I mean, just. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> This is a sham. This is a grifting. He's not in the union of this Santa's. This is a grifting. Yeah, he doesn't have a union card. <laughs> no. He's not a member. No, no. He doesn't. He's not magical. Yeah. There's nothing magical or mystical. Do you have an employee ID of some kind? <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I just, are you certified? <laughs> I, no, and clowns were the same thing. Like, it was always just this alcoholic. I mean, because think about it. Yeah. I get it. There are people that do the clown thing and, like, they're natural at it. And yeah. those are the ones in hospitals. And like they just do, they're really good at what they do. But the problem is, is like that's only 10 to 20% of the the working clowns. The other 80% is the scariest part of the population yeah. doing something like yeah. that. And I remember just looking at that as a kid and I just never got into it. And then I think what happened for me is poltergeist. It, mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. proved my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, See? Yeah, it's like, no, and I didn't make like a grand gesture about it, but I just remember in my mind like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to do anything with clowns. Anymore. I had the opposite. Yeah. I, uh, until Poltergeist, I dug clowns, but not like, not like Ronald McDonald, Bozo. Yeah. Like the hobo. The hobo, the clown. hobo clowns, because yeah. they used to have those figurines. Yeah, and I was, I was on the path to where I was gonna start collecting them. Like I was going to use my birthday money and whatnot. Such an odd kid. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna collect the hobo the clown is the one that's gonna put you in the van. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> That's the one that's going to put you in the van. Oh, Frank. He's misunderstood. <laughs> He's, He's just misunderstood. Sad. He's just sad. He's just sad. And he just needs... He's just really, really sad. He just needs he the just joy needs of good, children. He just needs a good story. He just needs... He needs a feel-good story and that everything will be fine. He'll turn his life around. He just needs the joy of children <laughs> to save his soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Oh. <laughs> I think we could have done Killer Clowns as an episode. Not anymore. That's no, it's done. That that ship has, has has sailed. No, no, no. So experts believe the fear of clowns may be due to the uncanny uh, uncanny valley effect, in which people find things that look human mm-hmm. but aren't quite human, mm. extremely unsettling. Okay. Like you're like, yeah, but just off. Mm-hmm. I find too what's what's weird is what was acceptable at one point and isn't now. Mm-hmm. Example, the creepy uh, picture that I saw recently of our costumes as kids when we were in like elementary school. Yes, with the plastic faces with the cheap rubber band that always fucking broke. Yeah, around with the it. Cut out and, like, eye just holes. Cut out eye holes and, and the cut out nose holes that yeah. you couldn't breathe. Through. And the plastic that would give you cancer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then there'd be like this trash bag, like outfit that you'd yep. put on top. 
that would have the ties yeah. on it, and they would, if you were lucky, you would make it through the parade at school without if any of them lucky breaking. If you made it out the door, yep. I mean, it was yep. just cheap, 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 cheap shit. Yep. And that's when everybody was like, plastics is going to change the world, you know. It sure did, just and, not uh, <laughs> in the way they expected. But I remember, like, walking into those classrooms as a kid, and everyone dressed up, and I was like, oh, my God. It's that's so, so cool. That's so and so, and that's yeah. so cool, and it's so awesome. And now I look, and I'm like, holy oh. shit. I'm like. What sweet hell is that? This, and I mean, black and white doesn't help. You know, like those pictures are in black yeah, and white. Yeah, but yeah. color doesn't make it. It's not like color. It doesn't make it any better. No, it's not like. It's all a bunch of those dead faces looking yeah. back at you. It's not like color revived Except it. Except or... in this case, the eyes really do move. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> it's not they like. they are real. It's not like color cured it or revived it, you know. <sighs> But yeah, I just remember being a kid and looking and being like, yeah, that was Halloween. Teacher was going to give us candy. And like, it was awesome. And we get to see the different costumes everyone's got. And then, yeah. And then you get, you'd look at the pictures and you're like, oh yeah, that's great. Look at how cool I look. Yeah. And you're looking at them now as an adult and you're like, what sweet hell is Those this? Those were creepy as fuck. Yeah. 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 Super creepy. Yeah, they were. And it's just amazing what you see through the eyes of a kid yeah. that you think is interesting or clear or you know what you will accept as a child and what you won't as an adult like as a child you kind of take a lot of things at face value or as fact and you're like mm -hmm. sure okay yeah look at how cool my wonder woman costume is yeah and then you look at it as an adult and you're like should my parents have been turned into CPS? Is that like child abuse? <laughs> no, Could it I, be classified as abuse? <laughs> but I get it. Like that's all there was. You know, like there and wasn't. And that's all we any, wanted. Yeah, and that's all we wanted too. I mean, but again, it didn't like, help that that was all we had, unless yeah. unless you had a parent that could make your costumes. And we only uh, had like a handful of people that's a, that that's pulled double, that off. Yeah, that's and. We know my mom, yeah. she wasn't making shit. So whatever comes in a box and has all of, them, all of the pieces need to be in said box. Yeah. Otherwise, that's it. That's all you got. Yeah. I don't, it, it was a weird, a weird situation, but there's a lot of things I look back at as a kid that I found acceptable and cool and awesome. Mm-hmm. And then as I grew up, I look back and I was like, there was nothing cool about that. That's there was not nothing acceptable. awesome about that. Yeah. Um, I hate when people look back and say, oh, well, that's so damaging. And like, I don't think so. I think I, I'm one of those ones that like, I really think you got to get your knees scraped up. You got to get your hands dirty. You need to have you some gotta fear. You got to fall the fuck down. Like you need yeah. to, you need to take a digger. You need to take a bad digger oh, yeah. at least once. For some of you, multiple diggers well, no, until I mean, the just, point gets driven home that, you know, maybe some changes should be made. I remember as a little kid, I was riding my bike in the trails all by myself. And we had like these series of trails that we kind of have as tracks. And I'd mm -hmm. always like try to race around and do like my best time because that's when I was in BMX racing and stuff like that. So, Frank, was and, it uh, I did this? All by myself, or was it? No. Oh, by no, no. Myself. This is. <laughs> this was a time I remember this vividly. Like it was a transition. 
like I look at it in my life where there was like a transition in how I looked at everything. Mm-hmm. I wrecked and I wrecked bad. Okay. I mean, like I was bleeding mm-hmm. and I was far away from home. Mm-hmm. I would say probably like on a bike going as fast as I could easily like 30 minutes Oh, you were home. out. Yeah, I was yeah. I was out. I was at least like a mile. I wouldn't say 30 minutes, but probably uh Yeah, probably 20 30 minutes, you know, a good bike ride. It takes me 25 minutes and, to walk a little over a mile yeah. in the morning. No, and that's and that's what I'm getting at. And and I remember there was no one around cuz it was getting close to dinner time. Oh. And I was going to be late. Get home for dinner. I was going to be late, but that I didn't even care about. I went over to my bike and my bike was all messed up. I couldn't ride it. Yep. So I actually like, well, first I sat and I was in pain Mm -hmm. and like no one was around. So of course it was the long crying for a while and I got it out of my system. I'm like, you know what? I, there's no one out here. I, I have to go home. I remember picking myself up and I remember looking at my bike and I'm like, I can't even push this thing. Mm -hmm. I went to carry it a little bit and I was like, there's no way I'm carrying it this far. But I didn't want to lose it. Yep. So I carried it over like 20, 30 yards off the trail. Yep. Laid it down. Covered, covered it, it up. Covered it up with some stuff, some branches and things like that. And then I marked the trail mm-hmm. with like a stick. And I walked home and walked all the way home. And I was like an hour late for dinner. It was like six o'clock. Dinner was usually yep. a five or something like that. And I remember I was all busted up and just like... Once I got home, I was just like, I got to get my bike because, like, my bike was everything. Yeah. You know, my dad's like, well, what'd you do with it? You know, and I was just like, well, I, you know, I told him everything mm-hmm. he did. He's like, it'll be there tomorrow. He's like, don't yeah. worry about it, you know. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I knew I could believe that because my dad would never let me leave something somewhere. A value. A yes. value. Like, yeah. that wasn't even, like, a freaking option, you know. Yeah. And do I you remember. Think secretly your dad was super proud? That you had the the foresight to, to take hide it. it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> and know. And not only hide Here's it, but the mark thing. it. Even if I talked to him, I don't know if he'd remember something like this. It's but, true. But the impact it had on me, like that, I remember there was my life before that event and there was <laughs> and my life, life after. after that event. Yeah. It was one of those moments where I looked and it was like, you know what? I can take care of this. Like, mm-hmm. I can do this. I can, you know... And I'm sorry, there's no better way to do that than when you're asked out on no. the freaking ground with no one around yep. and you really got to depend and pull yourself together mm-hmm. to do it. I remember that. Yeah, man. One Frankie went into the woods, a different Frankie, Frankie came, came out, out. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've seen my life as a series of moments like that yeah. where I just had these really, really testing things. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, that was like, I know for a fact, that was like my first one. That was my first one where I was just like, yeah, all right, I can, I can handle more than I think than I I give myself credit for. I didn't articulate it like that in my mind. I was just, but, but I knew it. Like, I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know, but I knew I changed after that. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's where I look at things now, like these crazy costumes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you have this naiveness to you where everything's cool. Yeah. Everything's neat. Yeah. You know? Then you get older and you look and you're like, dude, that wasn't neat at all. Yeah. That wasn't cool. Yeah. That was fucking terrible. Yep. You almost died there. You didn't even know it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think, 
you know, this kind of ties in with like urban legends with Halloween. You mm-hmm. know, there's these things, these stories that you hear. And there's this, uh, I think what what's cool to me, at least, about Halloween urban legends is how far you can dance in the trust of people and out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you think about it, all these cases that, you know, come up and some of them that we've been talking about, the real ones, the scary part, I hate to say it, it's the family. It's not yeah. the kids, you know, or yeah. it's not a stranger, yeah. you know, is what I'm getting at. And like The, the pix- danger is more often than not inside the house. Yeah, the pixie stick one. Yeah, well, you know. I'm going to get there. Okay. So let's finish up uh, our clowns. Uh, remember in 2016, not too very long ago, where we had the strange outbreak of menacing clown sightings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just in the U.S. It spread to Australia, and no doubt other places in the world. And some incidents were just plain creepy, and others were actually full-fledged attacks. And that's what I was trying to find. I was trying to find the full-fledged attacks. Mm -hmm. And that's what our Killer Clowns episode was going to be on, but couldn't find it. Yeah. So one of the other things that we were told as kids was that kidnappers were out in full force Mm -hmm. on Halloween. The truth, kids aren't at a greater risk of being kidnapped on Halloween than they are on any other day of the year, but it has happened, and those cases tend to get a lot of of media attention, and the fear of kidnappers on Halloween night has become so strong that in North America, it inspired a new tradition, trunk or treat. Huffington Post Canada reports that church groups were the first to start the trunk or treat activity, which limits trick-or-treating to a closed environment and subsequently makes the tradition safer for kids. And, of course, parents can also trick-or-treat with their children to make sure they stay safe. Mm -hmm. My mother always said we didn't have to worry about poison candy and we didn't have to worry about that other stuff because we were trick-or-treating to people that we knew. We were only going to the people that yeah, we Yeah, no, and you were a really, really small town. Oh, I mean, yeah. We were you know, out there. Uh, you I, get in a bigger place like a village and stuff like yeah. that where there's a lot of kids. I get where parents are, are guarded about that. Yeah. But. Koi dogs were a bigger uh, threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Actually, they were full-fledged coyotes at that point. Yeah. So the the last of the 10 is that the Halloween decoration of the dead body is actually a real dead body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this urban legend persists, not just because people are uh, splurging on expensive decorations, but because it has some real life backup. The website thought catalog details a number of stories in which people thought they were looking at a fake body, but instead were looking at an actual victim of murder, suicide, or accidental death. As awful and tragic as these stories are, they are rare. The overwhelming majority of the time, those lifelike decorations are thankfully just decorations. I follow a ton of Halloween groups. And the number of dudes who see it as a badge of honor to have the cops called on their decorations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they could not be more proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Let's get to the real story that mm-hmm. inspired the poison candy. Yeah. So this guy was dubbed the Candy Man. 
And this is an article from New York Daily Post. Candyman killer dad serves his own son a poison treat on Halloween in 1974. In 1974, the real monster that walked among all of us was a dad. Ronald Clark O'Brien is today remembered as the man who killed Halloween. He earned the nickname, as well as another, the Candyman, by murdering his own son, Timothy Eight with a cyanide-laced treat. Although the holiday stretches back to antiquity, children in costume going door-to-door asking for sweets is relatively recent, only about a century old. Tradition was firmly established in the 1950s. Along with trick-or-treating rose another phenomena, panic about people slipping poison, razor blades, pins, and other instruments of destruction into goodies. Most of these horror stories have been relegated to urban myth, O'Brien is the one documented case that is cited when talk turns to killer Halloween candy. O'Brien, then 30, his wife, Denine, and two children, Timothy and Elizabeth, five, started Halloween evening with a meal at the home of another family, Jim Bates and his wife and children, in Pasadena, Texas. After dinner, the two dads left the house escorting three children, Bates's son and O'Brien's son and daughter out into a drizzly night for the annual candy hunt. One house along the route was dark, but the children still rang the doorbell. There was no answer, so they moved on. O'Brien lagged behind and then, moments later, came running to catch up. He was waving five giant pixie sticks, 22-inch straws filled with flavored sugar. He told the kids it was their lucky day because, quote, rich neighbors were distributing, quote, expensive treats. Each of the three children on the walk got one pixie stick. Later, O'Brien gave the fourth to Bates's other child, a five-year-old daughter. The final pixie sticks went to a trick-or-treat visitor who rang the doorbell at the Bates's house. Back in their home in Deer Park, Texas, O'Brien told his children they could each have a treat before bedtime. Timothy chose the pixie sticks, but he stopped after the first taste, saying it was bitter. Timothy's dad offered him Kool-Aid to wash it down. Moments later, O'Brien heard the boy crying, Daddy, Daddy. Quote, it seems like it wasn't long before he was up and complaining his stomach hurt and he didn't feel good. He was bent over vomiting and I was holding him when he just went limp, end quote. O'Brien told the Associated Press. Quote, we thought we were so careful, we had even wondered if we should go out trick-or-treating this year. There isn't going to be any more trick-or-treating for us, end quote. An autopsy found enough cyanide in the boy's body to kill three grown men. Examination of the pixie sticks showed that someone had opened the tube and replaced some of the candy with poison. Then the tube had been stapled shut. One of the children who had gotten a tainted pixie stick had been tempted, but fell asleep before he managed to pull out the staple. The other tubes were recovered before any child tried to eat the contents. Police became suspicious of O'Brien's story, especially after he offered his version of how he came into possession of the deadly treats. He said that he rang the doorbell at the dark house and a man thrust the five pixie sticks at him. He said he saw nothing but, quote, a hairy arm. It turned out that the man who lived there was an air traffic controller, and he had 200 people vouch for the fact that he was at work at the time this was supposed to have happened. Then, detectives delving into O'Brien's background came up with some startling facts. 
O'Brien, an optician who worked for Texas State Optical, was about hundred grand in debt. He had lost his house and was on the verge of losing his car. He was also about to lose his job because his bosses had discovered that he was stealing. In the decade before the crime, he had been booted from 21 other positions. To top it all off, investigators learned that he had taken out $60,000 in life, on, life insurance on his children. Police speculated that O'Brien had planned to kill his kids for the insurance money. Within days, O'Brien was under arrest for the murder of his son. Detectives were never able to pin down the source of the cyanide, but several witnesses at O'Brien's trial, which started in May 1975, told of his interest in obtaining the poison and how much it would take to actually kill someone. His sister-in-law also said that at the boy's funeral, the grieving dad mused about using the insurance money to take a long vacation. Quote, the only inescapable conclusion is that this man killed his own flesh and blood for money. End quote. Prosecutor Mike Hinton told the court, quote, think how easy it would be for him to kill a stranger for money. End quote. The jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty and worthy of the death penalty. Appeal, appeals dragged on for nearly 10 years, and O'Brien maintained he was innocent to the end. On March 31, 1984, the candy man had a last supper of steak, french fries, peas, and Boston cream pie before his execution by lethal injection. They should have gave him a pixie stick with cyanide exactly. in it. Exactly. two birds with one stone. So as the sentence was carried <laughs> out, demonstrators in Halloween masks stood outside the prison yelling, Trick or treat! That's what I would have gave him for a last meal. Fucking dick. He took out half the sugar and replaced it with cyanide. Yeah. And he gave it to not only his kid, he handed out five of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's why that was so huge on that end is he killed his own son. Yeah. So people are going to make the leap. You know, this is where, again, people make leaps for... Crazy reasons. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't sound so crazy when you hear it, but it's the fact that, yeah, so this guy killed his own flesh and blood, but the fact of the matter is, it's like, there's not strangers. Like, the, the element of trust in Halloween is amazing to me. Yeah. It's the one time where people are very trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is 99% of the time it yields out great. Right. So it's like you had this great evidence of, I mean, you, you think about it. Everybody's dressed in a costume. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to do something crazy, you'd be just like, well, Freddy Krueger did it. I don't know who did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, who was dressed as Freddy Krueger? Michael Myers. I didn't know any Freddy Kruegers. You know, yeah. I mean, it just, it could be very mysterious like that and and hard to find any kind of evidence to, you know, that would be like the night yeah. to do it. And it never happens because no. there's this trustingness. And I think it gives you the ability to trust people more than you think. Mm -hmm. You can trust people. Yeah. Problem is, is one thing happens and everybody's like, see? Told you, you know, and there you have it. And yeah. and it just becomes this ping pong ball match. Ping pong, ping pong. Yeah, no. And after a while, I mean, you know, probably in the next five years, one other thing's going to happen. And it's just going to, yep. trust is going to go down again. You know, it was a cool thing I learned on this that had nothing to do with urban legends or anything like that. that. How Reese's, uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cups came to be. You ever, you ever hear that story? You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got so, peanut butter in my chocolate. 1917, Harry Burnett Reese moved to Hershey, 
where he was employed as a dairyman for the chocolate company and later worked at its factory. And then inspired by Hershey's success, Reese had 16 children. Oh, 16. Dude, get off her. Began making candies in his basement. And in okay. the mid-1920s, he built a factory of his own and produced an assortment of candies, including peanut butter cups, which he invented in 1928 and made with Hershey's chocolate. Then World War II happens, mm-hmm. and there's a shortage of ingredients, and this led Reese to pull the plug on all the other candies he was making, and he put his focus on just the, the popular peanut product, butter peanut butter cups. And in 1963, Hershey acquired the H.B. Reese Candy Company. So my question is, what were those other candies he was working on? Yeah. His peanut butter cups are pretty fucking good. Yeah. I mean, did he just blow his wad on, on peanut butter cups? or I mean, well, obviously he did, but I mean, it was limited <laughs> ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, did he have a uh, everlasting gobstopper he was working on or a... Uh, Scrumdillyumptious bar? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did the snozberries taste like snozberries? I don't know. Was he Wonka? It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like World War II pretty much uh, honed him right into making peanut butter cups. I mean, it makes sense. You're going to, you're going to put your, your money and your power behind. Well, and you think about it, they probably had an abundance of chocolate and peanut butter. Everything else wasn't. Well, yeah, you know, sugar would have been rationed. And if I remember correctly, he just melted down the the Hershey bar, and yeah. then he warmed up the peanut butter and yeah. poured the peanut butter into the chocolate shell and then covered mm-hmm. covered the top with more melted chocolate and then just let him set. Bob's your uncle. Big, biggity bam. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I, I have to add before we wrap up here. Yeah. You mentioned the candy man. Yes. And man... That's my favorite like horror, horror movie. movie is the candy. The Man. original. That one Candyman. I watched that and yeah, you're talking the one that was in the nineties. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember they redid it. I, well, yeah, I don't pay attention to that. I know. That that one, I remember watching that and that was creepy and scary as all hell. Wasn't Virginia Madsen in that? Yeah. 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 It was so. um It, it was good i remember watching it the first time and for me it was less horror and more like a well it's a a, slasher film by nature for me it was more like a a murder mystery i who done it yeah yeah i mean it kind of had that mix of everything and i mean tony dodd as the candy man he was amazing was ridiculously it was so good yeah guys if you haven't watched Candyman, you've been sleeping on a good movie. Yeah. I, I would have to agree. That is that is one of my favorites. Yeah, and that was the one, you know, you'd said Candyman in front of the mirror three times. I and, did that too. You know, yeah. I, the Candyman didn't appear though. Yeah. Neither uh, did. Maybe uh, maybe he and Bloody Mary were like, hey, hey. <laughs> but it was a cool story. It, was. it had a really good storyline. Yes. And the whole like horror of it like to me that was like one of the like best for me i think like, that was based on a true story um no i i think more probably like an urban legend okay it's uh um i don't know i i didn't get that far into it but 
One thing that I do have to drop. You good on all this here? That's all I got. That's all you got? Mm-hmm. So someone who listens to the podcast gave me uh, a link to a YouTube video. Yes. And it's this uh, Jerry Marzinski. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll have to I'll have to share it on the, uh, the thread. It's like two hours. Mm-hmm. It's long. And I, wa- I was watching it in like 15-minute chunks. Right. Like Increments, here and there, just yeah. listening. It's basically just him talking. The host didn't say much because, honestly, she didn't have to. Right. This guy was like silly, silly and arresting. And uh, he basically worked in um, uh, 35 years of mental, like a mental therapist. Mm-hmm. Mental posi- health therapy. Mental health therapist uh, position. Uh, 35 years in the state institution level. Mm-hmm. And in prisons. Right. uh, In Arizona and Georgia. Mm -hmm. And he goes on about schizophrenics. Mm -hmm. And he basically leads to say uh, and makes this very, very strong case that the voices that schizophrenics hear in their head are the voices of spirits and demons. Yes. And uh, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jerry Marzinski. It's M as in Mary. A-R-Z-I-N-S-K-Y. And uh, he has a variety of different videos, or, you know, like YouTube. Right. Out, but there's a, there's, there's a show he does, or he hops on a show, and uh, I'm looking quick. It's uh, Night Flight is the YouTube channel. Okay. And uh, he's under that. And it's absolutely unbelievable, the stuff that he talks about. I'm debating on actually making it. I think like it would a be a full I think it would be a great topic for where, an episode. Yeah, because uh, it just it really really opens your eyes on on that topic and and where things go. I'm and, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it a million times that just because you haven't seen it or just because you don't believe in the devil or you don't believe in yeah. demons does not mean they do not believe in you. Yeah. And th- it's literally all around you. And once you actually open your eyes to it, yeah. you see it everywhere. Yeah, but not just everywhere you see that, but you also see that the light itself mm-hmm. has a lot more power than you give it credit. Yes. You know, and it's true. You shine a light on something that's in darkness yes. and the darkness disappears. Right. And uh, for those that believe that and understand it and have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, for those that haven't, I think it's stuff like this that you might want to listen to. Mm-hmm. To just show an alternate point of theory view. or alternate point of view or perspective that would open the gates to that type of idea. I uh, if not, it's just incredibly entertaining. Because like a, I said, he's thirty five years mm-hmm. doing this, and his his premise basically is is that schizophrenia is a thought disorder. Yes, and the problem is with psychiatry for the last thirty five years, mm-hmm. forty years is that they haven't tried to figure out where these thoughts are coming from. Right. They're they, just treating they the just thoughts. They just treat it, yes. And mm-hmm. that's basically diving into the whole synopsis or the whole idea of that's what psychiatry does. Mm-hmm. It's just treat 
they're the treating symptoms. the symptoms, yes. But they're not trying to figure out the root cause. Where it all comes yeah. from. And he gets into that a lot deeper and further, and that's where I say it'll probably end up being another episode sometime next year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're into that type of stuff, really good, really heavy. It's two hours long, the certain one. I'll put the link in the show notes in the Facebook group mm-hmm. probably. But the uh the second hour goes by yeah super fast because yeah you were you were super oh i walked through the door i couldn't get out of my no i couldn't get it out of my mouth fast tell me about it fast enough oh yeah no it's absolutely just mind-blowing yeah uh and the reason he you know and he also states why you don't hear more about this is because he said if i were to do this while i was working they would have locked me up yes he goes and not just fire me, get rid. They would have locked me up yes. in the ward yep. uh, for thinking like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to listen to because it also shows the hold that universities have on kids yep. and students. I'm not even going to say kids, students. Yes. Um, and to lightly go over that because I think it's necessary it's to talk about. It's indoctrination. Well, no, it's it's um, it's ego at its best. Yeah. Um. So what you have is these, these universities and they have these psychiatrists and psychotherapists and uh, you know, this, uh, this science, so to speak, and the, the so-called leaders of the science who it's funny appear to be all academics, you know, yeah. there's no one who naturally knows all about this. They have to go through the academic field to be an expert of this. And, uh, basically what he was stating was, is when you're going to school and for those of you that are psych majors and things like that, think about it. You're going into school. You got to trust everything in the book. Yeah. You're not doing any field experience. You're not doing anything. You've got to go through all of that, the book experience, and just putting blind faith in the professors that wrote the book and the professors that are teaching you the material, and then you get in. Yeah. And to get into a ward, a health ward or something like that, you have to be someone who's gone through all this, this indoctrination, so to speak. So now that you're in there... And you see this relationship with the drug companies, the medical yeah. industry, and all this stuff. It starts becoming questionable. You see it blatantly that they're just treating the symptoms. Yep. They're not treating where it comes from. He said, think about it. 35 years he was in there, and they made no progress on schizophrenia whatsoever, no. other than to drug them. Yeah. They have no idea where the thoughts come from. Yeah. They have no idea That's what any of this is. That's all they've ever done. Yeah. Then you start listening to his point of view. And things start making a lot of sense. Yeah. And again, even talking about it this much, like it's easily another episode. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, like I said, if you're into that, I'll point links to it. But definitely a uh, an amazing topic. And it's Jerry Marzinski, M-A-R-Z-I-N-S-K-Y. Uh, he also has a website with his name, .com. Uh, okay. Definitely check it out and you can connect to everything through there. So what do we got next week? We have a BOGO episode. We do. You're a wizard, Frankie. Yeah. And witches. I'm doing wizards. You're doing witches. I know. Weird, right? So what a a great Halloween episode to to I think so. Yeah. So very, very much looking forward to that. And I'd like to thank again everyone that's listening through us through the uh, Halloween season. And we would love if you could just uh, send a word to uh, a friend or or five or ten close people, you know, or yeah. just 
Even just Anyone put it. Anyone you think would be interested. Or just put it on your social media feed. Just put the link to the website, and you know, just you know, if you're happy with this, and and you know, just say, hey, here's a cool podcast I've been listening to. We'd really appreciate it because that's how we get around. Yep. Rule number one. No, Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No apes. Four. No blood rituals. Number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. And six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. And seven. Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't look at them. Don't engage. Don't give them what they want. Don't do it. They're dead to you. Yeah. And last but not least. Just listen. Thanks for listening to us, folks. Yes. And you have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And make good choices. Take care.